Well, good and glorious day to you. Welcome to our broadcast of our Hebrews Bible study every Monday and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I hope you'd get your Bibles and follow along with us today as we near, uh, I'm sorry, uh, as we, as we, yeah, as we move on through Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, and uh, what a wonderful Bible study it's been. I, I teach 2 Timothy on Fridays and uh, Friday mornings at 9 a.m. You can watch on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page live, uh, hopefully the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel live. And uh, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. We're trying to get all that worked out. But uh, just to say before we dig in this morning, what a wonderful presence of the Lord we had yesterday here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. If you live anywhere near us, Atlanta, Queen City area, we welcome you to come and to hear really the preaching of the word of the truth of the gospel and to uh, be among those of biblical-like precious faith and to be found among those who are striving together for the faith of the gospel. If you've not ever been a part of that, my friend, you, 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 you have truly missed out. And I know what it means to have missed out for years. I know what it means to have missed out for years. And I'm thankful that here, moving into uh, my older years, my latter years on this earth, that the Lord has brought me back to his way, his path of righteousness, and oh, what a joy it is. Oh, what oh, great blessing it is. And I watch all over the country as, as groups of people load up and move to this place or that place, and they think they're really going to have a move of God there. But if it's not the message of the cross, if that's not the preeminent message, if that's not the power in the sermons that are preached there, I don't, I don't, I'm not being ugly, but I will be blunt. It's just a bag of flesh. It's just a bag of flesh. God liberates us not through feelings and emotions, but through the truth. Jesus taught us that. You can't change it. If you try to, you're operating in feelings and emotions. And feelings and emotions are great, but it, they can't make you free. They can't save you. They can't bring about a move of God. The truth liberates and when the truth is liberating, it's the truth that brings about the true move of God. And the truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful today to know that. I'm blessed today to know that. Don't think for a moment that what God is doing is in the, where the biggest numbers are. No, God is whittling everything down in these last days. Of There will be very few preachers of righteousness there are very few today. There are millions of churches, but there are very, very few preachers of righteousness. God will continue to whittle things down. I know the church doesn't like to hear this, but it's, it's, it's what's happening now. Things will continue to be whittled down, so to speak, narrowed down, to eventually God will only have two witnesses on the earth. They'll be put to death and raised up and from the dead to life again and raptured, and then he'll send his one one son to destroy the enemy and to rule and reign 
We'll be with him, of course, but there will be one ruler, not many, one ruler. There will be one whose authority, and that authority will have been whose God has always shown his authority through, and that's his son, Jesus Christ. So God is narrowing things down. There is no big massive revival among God's people coming. When you hear people running to this place or that place, if it's not, if they're not going there to learn the word of God in its righteous context, it's a big bag of flesh. You need to know that. You need to understand. When Moses came down the mountain in Exodus 32 and to all 12 tribes, no telling how many, uh, a few million people there and proclaimed who's on the Lord's side. One tribe out of 12, came out. The exact same thing is happening today, my friend. You need to understand that. You need to know that. Don't be caught up in the deception that God is just working and moving in, in various and mysterious ways. There's one way. His name is Jesus. And that one way of Jesus is the way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross. And it's not just the way we come in. It's the way we continue to enter in so the Lord will be able to administer to us an abundant entrance on into His kingdom. Hallelujah. I hope you wouldn't be led by certain age groups or certain colors or financial status or stereotypes such as uh, we ride this kind of car or motorcycle or we wear this kind of clothes. I hope that we'll be led by the Spirit of God who guides us only into the truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't be led by people. Be led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. All right. Hebrews chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Paul said in his last letter to Timothy that I've fought the fight. I've ran my course. How? I've kept the faith. That's an important statement. Not just for Paul to make, but for you and I to realize that we've got to hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope we received at salvation firm unto the end. Or this same writer of Hebrews says it'll slip away. We can neglect it. And how great of a disappointment that will be for those who neglect it. Now, I have to say this today. For many, many Christians have been seduced and deceived, uh, deceitfully holding God's Word in, in a wrong manner. I mean, when, when we read scriptures that cause our hearts to tremble, God intends on that to happen. He intends... On men, women, boy, and girls' hearts to tremble at his word. Matter of fact, he says in Isaiah 65, it's those that he looks upon. It's those that he looks upon. It's not those that their heart tremble when they see things such as this and, 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 and they have to do whatever we can do, we need to do it to remove the trembling from our hearts. Well, God doesn't intend the trembling be removed. He intends on us accepting what makes our hearts tremble and crying out to Him to give us grace to hang on. Grace. 
His strength made perfect in our weakness. His endurance taking place in us through our faith in what Christ did to endure the cross for us. Hallelujah. You've got to hang on to the end, my friend. Don't believe what most people say. Doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't even matter if you say you don't believe anymore. There's prominent named preachers who've made those statements in their books. But you've got to hold on firm. You've got to hold fast continually. The confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, you've got to hold it firmly until the end. That means give the more earnest heed to, as Hebrews chapter 2 says. It will slip away. The gospel, the, the power of the cross, the focus of Christ and his work at Calvary, it has slipped away from the church. The younger generation's looking for those that dress like them. The, a place where they can exert their energy. The lights are off and the, oh, the music. And the music is what's moving them. It's not the Spirit of God. There's really no difference today in the churches like that than nightclubs because it's not the Spirit of God moving. See, God hasn't given the younger generation or the older generation a different faith. He's given us all the measure of faith, the focus of faith that's focused on Christ and His love for us and what He did at Calvary. And every word of God will be based on that. And for those who kick against that statement, those who fight against that, well, they'll either have to come around eventually and become determined to know nothing else or they'll have to join the fleshly ranks of, of the carnal, those who are moving the wrong direction because no one thing for sure, my friends, in these last days, God's people are becoming more determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified or they're moving away from that very faith. There is no middle ground. We're either uh, giving the more earnest heed to that which has saved us, that which we've heard, or we're moving away from that. We're either holding that truth that saved us firmly and gave us the confidence at the beginning and the rejoicing, rejoicing of hope that we had at the beginning. We're either holding that firmly or we're letting it slip away. We need to be aware of those things. We need to be aware of those things. There's always only been a remnant. I don't say that to both. Well, there's only a few of us. There's always only been a few. God would have to reduce the number down. Very small number for Gideon to go to war and to win so that everyone could know that this is God. This is God. God gets the glory. And Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. And through what he did at Calvary is the only thing that allows us to have that glory and for that glory to shine. And our faith in that in that alone allows us to, 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 to not consider and to look upon the sufferings of this world because they're not worthy to be compared to that glory that's about to be revealed in us. I've watched uh, little kids just be trained in their emotions. And I know, I know people say, no, you just don't know anything about the moving of the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. When you do the same thing every time, 
every day. And it's not even happening until somebody else. Then you need to come back to the truth. You need to come back to the truth. But Christ as a son over his own house, and here he's exalting Christ over Moses, who was a servant in all of his house and faithful. But he says whose house we are. We're the building of Christ. We are the temple that Christ dwells in by his spirit. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice... Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Again here, he's talking to the people of God. Jews, they may be, but they are Christian Jews. They've been saved and born again. They've trusted in Christ. And we need to be aware of that this, this Bible that we have, it is to those who have become believers in Christ. We need to take heed. We, we can't use phrases like that. Well, that was, to, that was toward the Jews. It might have been, but it was, it, was toward, it was toward the Christian Jews. And we need to be aware of that. This is to us as Christians. And it's, and it's being given to us in a, in a manner, uh, just one second. Sorry about that. Had to take care of something real quick. God's word is given to us as an admonition, as something to look at. We're told that in Paul's letter to the a Corinthian church as in samples, as examples, as admonition that we might look at and learn from. When anything of the old covenant is mentioned, that's given to us, mentioned to us, so that we will look at that, take heed from that, learn from that. Because the, when Paul told the church in Corinth that uh, the things written of old were in samples for us, that means a stamp, a form. That means what happened is going to happen again. I hope you get that. What we glean from in the Old Covenant is that what was is going to be again. There were false prophets then. There are false prophets now. There are God's people that would only few return to the way when Moses came down the mountain and only be on the Lord's side. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. The majority will never choose to surrender to Christ in the world. Jesus said most are not going to find the way of life. It's not because it's hard to find. It's because they reject it from their hearts. They refuse to believe. They want to remain God themselves. They want to remain in charge themselves. So I want you to get this. What was written of old, when we hear something in the New Covenant reaching back into the old to give us a picture, it's something that's been stamped, formed for you to look at because the same is going to happen again amongst God's people. So with that understanding, let's look at this. I believe one of the mistakes in Christianity today is that Christians think 
just because they're saved under the new covenant that things can't be like they were under the old. There's a lot of things that will not be like they were under the old, but when we're reminded to look at something and when something is referred to for us to look at from the old, oh, there's great purpose. God the Holy Ghost gave us something to look at because He's warning us the same thing. He's not just warning us of something old for the sake of not being able to bear fruit properly. Oh no, listen. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, verse 8, in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, tested me, and saw my works 40 years. Think about that. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. Where did they err? The word means go astray. Where did they go astray? In their heart. Why did the Holy Spirit write it this way? Because it's with our heart we believe unto righteousness. It's not with our actions. It's with our heart. If we get it right in the heart, the actions follow. Romans 10 and 10. It's with the heart men believe unto righteousness. Then the mouth will say the right things. Confesses unto salvation. You can't confess something into being. Sorry, word of faith, folks. That's not Bible. You and I aren't God, and we don't confess that. We believe then the confession, but you got to believe under righteousness. It doesn't change after we're born again. It's with the, if you've been saved 50 years, it's still only with the heart you believe God's words of righteousness and the mouth in can declare the word of God properly. All of God's words are in righteousness. That's not taught. Preachers hear me saying that, and they, they, just, they just say, well, that's what he thinks. No, that's what the Bible says, Proverbs 8 and 8. All of God's words are in righteousness. Maybe you'll get this today. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. So if every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, but that righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, that means we must hear God's word, study God's word, declare God's word, all of God's word in the context of the gospel because that's the only context of righteousness. The death of Jesus, Galatians 2 and 21. Read it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we've had to uh, be deceived and deceitfully seduced by the enemy for decades and really centuries. But God is bringing a small remnant. The, uh, anyone who will hear and believe Him. God hasn't just got a few picked out. It's up to you. It's up to you. Will you choose rather your denomination? Will you choose rather, rather to, to exalt these things over just giving yourself, subjecting yourself to the way of righteousness? And not thinking you are. No, 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 no. Not thinking you are, but still holding on to everything. Listen, how, do, how have we preached this August? How have we preached the message of the cross throughout the Bible for 16 years almost now? 
because God gives. He shows those that fear Him His covenant, those that just subject themselves to his righteousness. He he continues to show them the scriptures in in the light of the one who said the scriptures are about him. And they preach him. They preach it. They don't say they preach him. They preach him. They don't say they preach the cross. They preach the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're grieving the Lord. When we make comments like, well, everything's not about Christ and, and everything's not about the cross. Absolutely everything's about Christ and the cross. Everything is, is, is of Him, for Him, from Him, through Him, and to Him. And if that don't speak of Calvary, it does. Again, most will never accept the way of God's righteousness. And many of those who have will turn away from it. Even in these last days, many of those who have, have found great joy and strength in the way of the cross, the lust of their own flesh will cause us all, if we don't hold fast, the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. But we're warned here not to harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. And see, he says that right after he's talking about holding fast that which you had at the beginning. Don't harden your heart. See, a lot of times we've hardened our heart toward God and we didn't even know we were. When we move away from the cross to any of these schemes and any of these carnal fleshly things that we trust in, our hearts, they're hardened against God. Your heart's not hardened against God just because you get mad at God. I mean, you can, you can think you're in love with the Lord and closer to Him than ever before, but your heart be hardened against Him. You can't tell me that every person on the earth in Noah's day hated God. Absolutely not. They were, pro they were more than likely running around telling their kids and grandkids God loves us too, just like he loves Noah. He's not going to wipe us out. Why would God? He, God put us here. He's not going to. Come on now. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, tested me, proved to me, and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err, always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. Do you know God's ways? Do you know God's ways? Oh no, it's not just anything we name. It's just not just any way we choose and stamp it God. God's got one way. His name is Jesus. And that one way of Jesus is the way of righteousness. That one way of righteousness is the one way of the cross. My faith must be in the sacrifice of Christ. Today. After being saved many years ago at 11 years old, my faith must today remain in the sacrifice of Christ. Well, what does that mean, preacher? I, what does it mean that I still must be found believing in the cross of Christ, not just saying I do and then trusting in all these things, allowing all these things to come into the church that, that now if I, if I don't do this or I don't do that, I feel like I fail God. It means that I'm believing today that I died with Christ when He died for me. 
It's at the forefront, the consciousness part of my mind. I was buried with him. I was put away. And when he was raised on the third day, I was raised to newness of life with him. And now I'm no longer under law where the sin nature dominates me, but I'm under grace where the Spirit of God leads me, strengthens me, changes me, guides me, equips me, gives me confidence and wisdom. And the fruit is there for all to see. The the fruit is there for all to see. We are branches attached to to the vine. On the branch is where the fruit is. In the vine is where the life is. Christ is the vine, we're the branch, and where the branch is hooked to the vine, there's fruit. If there's no fruit, the branch is not hooked to the vine. We need to remember those things. He says in verse 11, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest specifically speaking of that time, they will not enter into the promised land. But but it also speaks of salvation. These were a people of God before they ever went into Egypt. The deliverance by Moses from Egypt was deliverance. It was not initial initial making them. They were already God's people when they went to Egypt. And they just grew and multiplied and multiplied. And then God would send Moses to deliver his people. But all of Israel has never been the true Israel just because they were of Abraham's lineage. And all who claim to be the church today are not the church. There are many false prophets among us. And it's not just those who are obviously, obviously pointing the wrong way. But it's those who creep in among us and use the right words at first to win our hearts over. And then when they have our hearts, instead of the righteousness of God having our hearts, we, through the lust of our own flesh, are carried away. That is the process. And that is how it works. How many people today will not leave the church they're in when they will admit there's a lot of silliness there. They will admit they're not hearing what they should be hearing. But they won't leave it because of family or the time they've been there or the position they have or or their gifts they think are being used in that place. There is a surrender inside Christianity. And if it's not there, then a hardening of the heart is taking place. I knew that when I had to come, when I finally came to the place, if this message is right, if this is the message, if this is what God did from before the foundation of the world, this is what God preached in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve in type and shadow. This is what God gave the Apostle Paul as the great revelation of what really happened on that cross in Christ. If this is right, I knew that if I'm going to follow it, I must follow it. I must give myself to it. That means when I do, there will be much loss in the process of much gain. 
For where there is no loss, there will be no gain. We do not just gain Christ. There are not things just added to our faith unless things are being lost. We need to lose some of our hard-heartedness. We need to lose some of the things we have placed value on higher, more prominent in our heart than the truth of Christ and Him crucified. For we will not. We're, we're being told this. We're being told to look back at this. Watch. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. These are people who've come to God through faith in Christ. If they weren't, they couldn't depart from the living God. Because there's only one way to God, and that's through Christ. He taught it to us. And He gave Himself so that we could, through faith in His sacrifice, come to God. But we can also depart from Him through an evil heart of unbelief. Paul told the Galatian church, you've removed yourself from Him. You've fallen from grace. Now Christ can no longer profit you or affect you. Why? Because an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief an example of that would simply be me thinking that God could save me or deliver me or grow me, mature me through any other, any other thing that I do other than what Christ, simple childlike faith in what Christ did for me that began this whole process of relationship with Him, that only avenue through which brought me to God. Jeremiah 31.3, His loving kindness has drawn all people. That's, that's the draw that's there the world knows nothing about. But Ephesians 2.13 says, We've been brought near by the blood. I think this is going to be really good. But you wouldn't believe it. We're out of time. But we're being told here to take heed lest there be in any of you who've come to God through Christ an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, I'm going to highlight this right here so we make sure that we get right back into this where we left off this coming Thursday morning. You want to make sure you tune in. You want to make sure that you're hearing God's Word in the proper context the righteousness of God, the truth, hallelujah. Not something that just makes you feel good, but something that will cause your heart to tr tremble. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit to give us the instruction we need, possibly the conviction for a change of direction or the power and the confidence, the boldness we need that only comes through the blood to rise up and get out and away from what's held us captive as God's people for years and give ourselves to the truth of the cross. Hallelujah. It's been a great broadcast today. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been challenged. And I hope you would grab the Bible and look at God's Word for your own self and instead of just listening to someone else because He has much more to say to you. 
God bless you. I love you. Keep praying for us. We're praying and believing God for you. And don't forget to sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also do that as you text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Till next time, God bless you and stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.